Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. So let's go on to Luke chapter 1, verse 13, all right? Are you ready, Jeremy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, here we go. It says, one, one day, say one day. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, all right? When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And just as John taught his disciples to pray. This is John the Baptist. Verse 2, he said to them, when you pray, say this. And it's important to know, uh, as, as I do outlines in my exegesis, this form right here as we're going into, this is a model type of prayer, all right? This is something new and revel- revelatory in Jesus' time. All right. I'm not going to be teaching this pocket today. I'm going to be focusing on verse 5 through 13. But watch this. He says, when you pray, say this. Father, say Father. And let me just stop you right now. Do you know that in Old Testament times, in ancient antiquity times, you didn't call God Father. So the fact that Jesus says, hey, you guys can call God Father, that's giving, that, that is that did not exist back then. And what Jesus is saying, that's the type of connection that me and God have. And I want you to know that you and God can have. That he's our Abba Father. In fact, the, the Hebrew word for Father is Abba. Say Abba. And, and, and somewhere it can sound like Papa. All right. It, it can translate Papa. It can translate like Daddy. Dad, all right? That's the type of closeness that we can have with God in prayer. It says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And I have a lot of, there's a lot of teaching that I can unpack there, but I'm not going to go over that yet because of this, for the sake of time. Your kingdom, say kingdom. kingdom. Let me tell you, the world, let me tell you, in, in the world really quickly, n- not everything happens that is in alignment with God's will. Sin, murder, death, sickness. Is that God's will? No way. So what, what are we to do? Uh, Christians usher in. God has inaugurated the kingdom when he died on the cross and raised from the dead. But now as believers, we are working up on behalf of his will and his kingdom. Oh, come on, somebody. Changing this place. Amen. All right. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive give us our sins, for we also forgive everyone else who sins against us. And by the way, um, the book of Matthew has the same outline, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it says it a little bit differently than Luke does. And the reason why is because Matthew's audience is to a Jewish audience, and Luke's audience is to a Gentile audience, all right? It says, and lead us not into temptation. So I'm not going to teach that this morning, but I'm going to pack chapter 5, or verse 5 to 13. It says, then Jesus said to them, and now he's going into a parable which so famously he does. So Jesus Christ is the best storyteller there ever was. Oh, come on, somebody. And so he says, this is your model type of prayer. And now he says, he gives them a parable, a story. He says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and, go, and you go to him at midnight, all right, and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I, I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, he says, don't bother me. The door is already locked. Remember, this is midnight, y'all, okay? The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of his friendship, 
Yet because of your shameless audacity, or I think in my Bible it says it differently, uh, it says because of someone, or your boldness, say boldness, your boldness, he will, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Oh, come on, somebody. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given to you, all right? Uh, as a seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I love that. Verse 10, for everyone who asks, everyone, everyone, not the holy rollers, not just the, those people way out, not just the people who go to church. Everyone, watch this, I'm going to explain that, all right? Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. all right? Verse 11, which of you, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, and I love this, Jesus is transitioning now from the parable, all right? And he's talking to them straight. And he says, which of your father, or you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will, you give him, will he give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Uh, that could be child abuse too, all right? If you then, though, are evil, and that's straight up right there. Jesus is saying, if you then are evil, wow, Jesus, whoa, okay? If you then, though, are evil, now how to know how to give good gifts to your children, watch this, how much more, how much more will uh, your, your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray. May you bow your heads in prayer, Father. We just come before you. Abba, Daddy, we love you so much. And we're we're grateful, Lord, that we have a connection with you. God, prayer is not going to be our spare tire. Prayer is going to be our steering wheel. God, we come to you in prayer. And we have a oneness with you in prayer. We have a unity with you. We have an intimacy with you. And prayer, and God, we realize that prayer is more for us than it is for you because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what prayer does for us, God, it changes us. Prayer moves us. Prayer inspires us. In prayer, we hear your voice. In prayer, God, we, we become so one with you. You, you. you know the rhythm of our heartbeat. You know how we sound when we sound off to you. And so, God, we, as we open up this series, we ask, Holy Spirit, this is not a human engineering. This is your working. You move. You speak through me, Lord. And you touch lives this morning. Inspire your church, God. We love you. We're grateful to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen and amen. So I, I, I'm so excited to go over this series, and I just want to see you guys grow. And my challenge, I believe we have it on the screen, uh, I, my challenge over this series for us together, all right, is not only to pray for ourselves and to be uh, praying, but my challenge is for us to be praying for others. Oh, come on, somebody. All right, you guys out there? All right, okay, just checking. All right, I know it's early. All right, but my, my challenge for us is to pray for others. And I, I have a lot of content. And I'm going to get into the scripture and stuff like that and unpack what I just talked about. But my challenge is what good are we if we have the Holy Ghost, if we've been saved by the living God, and we're not sharing that with other people? Oh, come on, somebody. All right. I will never forget a time, me and some great friends, we went to Lebanon to actually uh, uh, share the gospel and visit uh, a Christian church back in Lebanon, which is just north of Israel, all right? Just a few hundred miles north of Israel, or just actually north of Israel. They share the border. And I kid you not, 
We had this translator who, uh, 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 his name was Bilal, and uh, we, we actually, we had groups of five or four, and what he decided to do said, hey, you know what, tomorrow we're going to hit the streets of Lebanon, and we're going to pray. And he was so excited, and I had seen the news, and this is back in 2010 and 11, and all I can be thinking is like, I do not want to get kidnapped, man. I, I, I don't want to get, you know, I, I, I see what's going on in the media, and I, I don't want any of it, right? And, and, and you got to know that the, um, um, Lebanon is a, is a big Christian nation, but it's also a big Muslim nation. In fact, a lot of Syrian um, refugees have moved from Syria because of what's going on there into Lebanon. And just a fact for you is that uh, uh, Muslim families really outgrow Christian families. Why? Because back there they believe in uh, uh, polygamy and they have more than one wife, so they have more kids than Christian, uh, Christian families. That makes sense? So, so, so the territory is getting more and more uh, filled with Muslim, which is fine, okay? But he was like, we're going to go pray for Muslim people. And I was shaking in my shoes, man. I was scared. And there was something about prayer in his heart that wasn't in my heart, all right? I love Jesus and, and, uh, and all of the bit. So we actually went out. We went out to pray, me, my wife, and a group of friends. And I kid you not, not only did he say, we're going to pray for Muslims, but what he said, we're going to the mosque to pray for Muslims. And I'm terrified, okay? I am scared. I'm starting to see the minarets and the prayers and I'm going off and I'm, I'm just scared. Do you know, let me share what, what, what happened. Something that changed my life forever. Now, let me tell you, not one person that believes Muhammad or is a Muslim actually denied our prayer. Not one single person. Not one. How many times I get denied more in the States than I do in Lebanon? Oh, come on, somebody. All right. It's the truth of the fact. All right. Because over there, atheism is like, use crazy, bro. All right. Seriously. All right. It's the Middle East. All right. But let me tell you, there is something so honoring about them to receive prayer, absolutely you can pray for me. And what we would pray was in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. See, what they believe, and I don't need to get into all that, all right? But we prayed for them, and we loved them. So my challenge to this church is to share the God that lives in the inside of you with other people who are hurting and who are broken. And let me tell you, if they reject, they don't, if they say no, they're not rejecting you. Who are they rejecting? Jesus, God, all right? And it hurts him more than it should you, all right? And it does. But let me tell you, there's people all around us. Hey, can I pray? And let me tell you, I, I don't have an office, so I pray for people all the time in the coffee shop, and I don't know them. I see people on Tinder dates. I see people on business dates. I see all kinds of different people. And you know, I just share, can I... You know what? This might sound weird to you. And I'm not weird. You, got, you guys got me? I'm not weird, all right? I'm not like twitching. Like, can I, you know, I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm normal. But I just said, you know what, brother? That sounds like it's tough, man. You, you, know, you know what, sister? Or you know what? That sounds like it, your family's going through a rough time. Can I, can I pray for you? And you know what? More, uh, 90% of the time, people say, sure. They might not even believe. But by your genuine heart to pray for people, all right, they, they feel the love. Come on, somebody. They feel the love and, and, and the hope that you have. Something's different about you. And so when you pray for them, that changes something, all right? So we're going to be teaching you how to pray. We're going to be teaching you how to be, be inspired, to not be scared, 
Let me tell you, God, God wants to move through you. And the greatest thing that you can ever do is not just say to a business, here, use me, business. Here, use me. But here, God, use my life. You made my life. You created me. You knew me in my mom's womb. And you, here I am, a vessel for the living God. And let me tell you, God will move powerfully through you. Oh, come on. Somebody, he will, all right? So my challenge for us is to pray for one another. My challenge for one of us is to pray for people out there who are broken and who are hurting, all right, who might be fearful of things in their life, all right? So one thing uh, 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 that's deeply important, let me get back to the context of the Bible. One thing that's deeply important about this context is that Jesus is praying. He, he moved from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer, all right? And what's significant about that is I believe that Jesus in the morning, actually one, one verse I believe in Mark says, he got up early, so much early that it was still dark and he left the house to be alone with the Father. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Let me tell you, sometimes we just need to get alone in a room or someplace with God because we hear the noise of the world and we hear the noise of this thing going off. And let me tell you, there's a powerful button on this thing. It looks like a moon-shaped symbol. Hit that, homie, all right? Hit that button and that will silence everybody except the most important ones, all right? Let me tell you something. You need to silence your emails. You need to silence the noise of this thing. All right? You need to silence the noise of the world and what's going on. Oh, yeah, coronavirus is coronavirus. But what is the Lord saying about coronavirus? Come on, someone. All right? I, I'll consider that, but I'm going to go to my Father. So what Jesus does is he's alone with God on a daily basis. Because he's, in his ministry, he's doing something quite significant. He's teaching people about the kingdom of God. He's teaching people that he is the son of the living God. And he needs this connection and this dynamic with God in order to fulfill what God has put in his life. Let me tell you, as a pastor of the calling church, the moment that I try to pick up this purpose on my own, I just feel like it crushes me. Oh, come on, somebody. I just feel like it, there's pressure. And that's why I need to pray. Because God takes the pressure and he says, Pastor Michael or Michael. Michael's calling Pastor Michael, son, you cannot do this on your own. Oh, come on, somebody. Lord, renew my strength. Lord, renew my marriage. Lord, renew my heart as a father, right? Some of us are going through that. So he had this deep connection, and the disciples had seen that. They watched him. In fact, the first time they went looking for him, they said, where did you go? <laughs> we lost you. We thought you left us. And he went, for, he went away for prayer. And, and then now they, at this point in Luke, they say, teach us, teach us, Jesus, how to pray. And from verses 2 through, I believe, 4, there is that model prayer. I'm not going to teach about that, and I will soon, all right? But, but what I want to teach you this morning is an unpack the parable that he shares, which I think is so beautiful. So in verses 5 through 13, he talks about this parable. And let me tell you, this is rooted deeply in the hospitality of Jew Judaism and Israel. Hospitality is not this over there is not the same as hospitality here. Okay, let me say that again. Hospitality there is not the same as hospitality here. All right, let me explain. So uh, back in those times, or even still in these times, all right, when I went to Lebanon, in fact, a family left their house. Uh, to actually move into the church um, for temporarily to actually cook all our meals, to actually be with us and support us for whatever. They, so they put pause on their life just to host us, and they considered it a high honor to be with us, all right? And we were like, so blessed. Like, Are you sure you want to do that? That's how amazing their hospitality is. So Jesus shares this hospitality story. 
He says, one night, all right, in the middle of the night, all right, you know what I'm saying? Snoring and all, all right? In the middle of the night, a friend comes to my, a, a person's house, and, he, and, and, and this friend feels so burdened because his responsibility is to feed that friend. His responsibility is to love that friend and host that friend. In fact, not just feed that friend, but give him some water and give him a washcloth. Why? Because in those days they had chanclas. You know what I'm saying? All right. So they, if you're, okay, how many know what chanclas are? All right. All right. Let me sandals. Okay. And they had sandals. All right. So they had to wipe their feet. You know what I'm saying? Their feet did not look great, all right? So they, had, they wiped their feet. They provided that as hosts, all right? You know what I'm saying, all right? So, so this host had nothing to provide. So what, and it's a small village. So, so what, the, what the host did is he ran to his homie's house, his friend's house, and he saw that he went to Albertson's all right, a few days later, all right, and bought three loaves of Wonder Bread. You know what I'm saying? All right, Wonder Bread don't exist anymore, but I miss it, all right? All right? <laughs> So, so uh, uh, I used to live by a Wonder Bread plant. It was amazing. It was, smelled great every time. But uh, he, he's knocking on his friend's door in the middle of the night, all right? And you got to remember, in those houses, there was only one room, really, on the top, uh, on the top story. Because nowadays they say that uh, the stable, the horses or the cattle were on the first story, on the ground, and they lived up top. Well, can you imagine someone banging on your door at midnight and say, hey, man, I saw you. You went to Costco, and I saw that big old package of bread you bought. Can you provide for me, all right? Can you give me some bread, all right, so that I can provide and host this person? And you got to remember, that's an honor and shame culture. I want to honor my, 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 my guest. And, and, and watch this. We don't, it's totally not American. It's different. But you got to understand that if the host did not honor and provide bread and provide food uh, for the visitor, it would be a shame to the whole village. It would be a shame to the whole village, all right? The whole village would be known for, man, th- you don't, you're not hospitable. This, this place is not hospitable at all, all right? So, so he's knocking. He's like, give me something. He said, no, the kids are asleep. Can you, if Hope was asleep, I'd be like, man, I'm getting my gun, bro. You get to go, homie, all right? Be- don't wake up the kids. How many, you know, when you put them to sleep, it's like, please don't wake them up, right? My kids are asleep. I'm not getting up. But watch what, Je- this is a story, y'all. It's not even true. Jesus shares this story to illustrate a truth. Come on, somebody. Jesus shares a story. He puts a window in place, and he shows us a truth. And what he's saying, watch this. He says, even though he keeps knocking, and he's not stopping, he's not, because, not just because he's his friend, he's getting, him, he's getting up to open the door and give him some bread. Why? Because he's persistent and because he's bold. And he says, what about your heavenly father? He knows your heart, and if you are persistent, and you are bold and you do not give up and he, you are his kids, how much more is he going to provide for our lives and our families? Oh, come on, somebody, right? I love that. I love that. And that's exactly why he says, uh, so ask and it will be given to you. How many times you talk to the homies and the homegirls are like, no, I'm, I'm not going to ask God. Why? Why? Right. You have not because you ask not. And God, and God lo- want, and let me tell you, I, I am just so overjoyed right now in this season of my life. I can cry. I, can, I always say it because I'm a father. I'm, I've been a father for four months, all right? I, and I love it. Every morning, my daughter gets up way early. I don't get up at that time. Heck no, okay? But when I get up, all right, the first thing I do with my daughter is I go see her beautiful eyes 
And I smiled at her. And did you saw her smile at me? I, I, I smiled back at her. And right now, uh, I'm sorry, Grandma, Grandpa, and wife, she talks to me the most, okay? She really does, all right? And, and there's, even though we don't understand each other, you know, it's like goo goo gaga and like that, ah, whatever, right? We, we, we have a form of communication going on. She sees that Father loves me. She sees that Father cares about me. She's smiling. Let me tell you, the Father in heaven loves his kids so much, all right? He wants to bless your life, baby. Oh, come on, somebody. He wants to give you your greatest dreams. And then sometimes I pray, and I say, God, these are my dreams, and these are my desires. And God's like, man, I have way more in store for your life than that thing, right? Come on, somebody. And you have to understand what the blessed life is. You have to understand the blessed life. Say the blessed life. The blessed life in America is a very materialistic thing. You got a Mercedes, I'm blessed, all right? You, you got a hot chick, you're blessed, all right? You got a hot man, you're blessed, right? You, you got a great career, you Let me tell you, that's not what this is talking about. Come on, somebody. That's not what this is talking about, all right? Well, I mean, what this is, you know, and, and in fact, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, his audience is poor. His audience is thirsty. They actually come from all kinds of places to hear him speak. And he said, blessed are the weak. He talks about blessed are these people. And these are, in that society, this society, you would look at them as like, wow, you're not blessed. But Jesus said, you are blessed. Let me tell you, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because of Jesus Christ. All right? When we are weak, we are strong. Amen? When we are poor, we are rich. Oh, come on, somebody. We have every spiritual blessing, which is far greater than any material blessing. Let me tell you, when I live in that small apartment with my wife, I was so happy. Why? Because this was my bread. And I live on this, and I stand on this, and I believe that God had great things for me. Amen? All right? So we got to understand the blessed life when we pray is in Jesus and all the benefits that we have in him, all right? So the Bible says to ask. Ask. Say ask. God wants you to talk to him. God wants you to speak with him. God wants to have fellowship. God, we, God even will allow you to yell at him. God will allow you to be real with God. And, and so honestly, so you know sometimes God has to tell me, hey, Michael, stop saying the same prayer. Be real with me, all right? Stop saying the same word, all right? Isn't this a relationship or rapport? Have you ever had a relationship with someone with no communication? No, it can't exist. Even with my daughter, I have communication. Let me tell you, even with my cat, I got communication. But sometimes when it comes to God, ooh, baby, we know our dogs better sometimes than we know God. Come on, that's the truth. I mean, that, now let that sink in. We know our cat. But God wants you, I, I don't like my cat, but, my, but our, God wants to have a connection with us through a lifeline of prayer. Oh, come on, somebody. Intimacy. Relate. God wants you to be real with him. God will go there with you. Oh, come on, somebody. God absolutely loves you powerfully. Let me share this. This is one of my points here, all right? Prayer is not our last resort. Prayer is our first response, all right? In this culture that we live in, all right, we live in a time where, like, prayer is like, don't work. Let me tell you. And, and, and I'm running out of time already, and it's really quick. But watch this, all right? Some of us have asked God for things in prayer. Some of us have knocked on God's door, all right? But let me tell you, because the door was not answered the first time or the second time or the third time for you, watch this. Some of us, including me in the past years of my life, not so much no more at all, 
we have stopped knocking because God did not answer. So we say, God, why am I going to knock when you don't answer your door? But watch the persistent guy in the story. He said, I saw you go to Albertsons, all right? I know that you have... What does this story not just tell us about God? What does this story also tell us about the knocker? He did not give up. He was persistent. He wasn't going to stop even in the midnight hour. What are you doing at the midnight hour when, you, when it comes to your health, when it comes to anxiety? What are we doing? Are we not praying? Are we going to Google over we're going to God? Oh, come on, somebody. Let me tell you web md don't work homie it does not all right web md man the devil be using web md all right they need to take that site down all right i used it once i thought i was gonna die the next day all right it's the truth all right how many of you actually use web md all right let me tell you google is not god all right you don't need to go just to google it's a great resource but we need to go to god in our midnight hour that's exactly what this person did they said i need bread to feed the, the person. I need to be a good host. And Jesus is sharing this story that doesn't even exist because he wants to point the disciples to a truth. And let me tell you, oh, let me tell you, he's setting them up. God is so good. This is not even my notes. He's setting them up so good because one day Jesus is going to go to the cross and one day Jesus is going to rise from, from the dead and he's not going to be with them physically anymore. But then in their ministries, they're going to go to places in the world and they're going to have trials and they're going to have obstacles. And Jesus is setting up so when the door is not open, guess what, Peter, John, Matthew, all right, Bartholomew, keep on knocking because I'm going to do something through you. Oh, come on, somebody, all right? So when it comes to our life, we cannot stop being persistent and bold in prayer. And, and watch, God, watch this. God, I'm knocking on the door of my mar- for my marriage. She won't change. He won't change. What? And often, more than not, God said, what about you change, right? Right? God, God, I'm, I'm knocking, and, I, and then we give up. God, God, I'm, and let me tell you, I, watch this. I've prayed so much for you guys here. I may not even know you. I've prayed so many times for all of you throughout, throughout the years. It is no surprise to me that I see you now in the physical because I prayed for you in the spiritual years ago that God would do something amazing in this church and build a people up, all right? So we saw two people come. We saw four people got, come. And we've seen many more people come over the years. So it's not a surprise to me. Let me come on. Let me tell you something. God, uh, uh, God wants you to move boldly and persistently in prayer, amen? All right. How about this? I think it's so significant. I didn't get to touch on this, but watch this. What we believe determines how we behave. I think we have it up there, right? Watch this. What you believe determines how we behave, all right? I grew up hating the angels. We just believe that, all right? All right? So I behave like, oh, you hate angel fan? Oh, God, you know? I behave like, oh, that person, get them away, all right? How about, hey, if you believe the Clippers were like down here, you behave like they were down here, all right? All right? What you believe is how you behave, right? Sometimes Satan will come into our midst and try to change what we believe about God, and it has an effect on our behavior. I want you to understand that when it comes to prayer, you have such a connection with God that that it ought to change how you uh, believe and how you behave. Watch this. We don't go to God in prayer a lot of times because we feel there's a gap between us, even though we believe. We feel at times that we're a strange relationship. We feel at times that I'm guilty of sin and mistakes. I'm a shameful person, God. I don't feel like coming to you because I'm fearful of you. Let me tell you, your, your God in heaven is not your father. 
your, God, your earthly father, all right? Your God, your God in heaven is beyond that, all right? A lot of times we don't approach God. It's about the approach. We don't approach God because there's a dividing gap. All right, but watch, I'm going to read a few scriptures to you, and it should change what you believe about prayer and your approach to God, and it should change, and I'll have it for the screen, let me say it like this. In other words, if we believe in the scripture correctly, I believe we have it somewhere, all right, coming up in three, two, one, now, no, okay, all right. In other words, if we believe in the scripture correctly, there it is, it will lead to how we behave as God's children correctly. Watch this. Romans 8 chapter, one, 8, chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God, I messed up. I can't come to you. Watch this. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are under or in Christ Jesus because I'm covered by the blood, because I'm saved by grace. I can approach God. Oh, come on, somebody. Even though I make mistakes in my life. How about Hebrews 4, 15? I learned this one this week by memory because I love it. Watch this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is without sin, all right? And therefore, let us go bold, or it says, let us, let me, let me, let us then approach the throne of God's grace confidently, confidently, right? We can go to God confidently, not fearful, confidently, all right? And it goes on to say this, I, uh, so that uh, the pressure made me forget it, all right? <laughs> Sorry. The throne of God's grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How about 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, watch this, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And watch this word, watch this word, purify us from all unrighteousness, all right? How about 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Get away. Michael, you can't go to God. You messed up today. Now, get away from me. Say, I'm a new creation. I'm a man in Christ Jesus. I can't approach God. You have to be out there, homie. You're talking about the past. Watch this. Satan, you're talking about the past. This is a new me. This is a new man. Come on, so this is a new woman. This is where I'm moving forward. In you, I'm a new person. That's what baptism means, what it means, and is all about, by the way, all right? So we need to have correct reading and believing in the scriptures because sometimes God wants, or sometimes he wants to just confuse what we believe about the scriptures so that there's still this widening gap between us and the Father, and God wants to have a deep connection with us through prayer that you can approach God. Let me tell you, I grew up in a very, very difficult household. I was very badly verbally abused. I was always told I was going to be a nobody before I went to school every single day, that I was going to be just like my father, that I was never going to amount to anything. So I believed that. And guess what? I behaved that way. Yeah. Right? And we mistake God for the people that maybe have raised us who are not so perfect people. Maybe our father spoke down to us. Maybe an uncle spoke down to us. Maybe our mom verbally abused us. Whoever it was, maybe at school said somebody, something about us, all right? So we think of God that way, and God, I can't, and God, I can't come to you because I'm this type of person, and I, 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 I messed up. But let me tell you, that is not the truth, and Satan wants to use that to, to dissolute, give you, or just to disarray your relationship with God and what you can have in God and through prayer, amen? Do you guys see what I'm saying and going, or going forward with? God wants to remove the, those things. from. It wasn't until I started reading this every morning as a high school kid, all right? Honestly, the book of John, I started to read this. And I heard my grandmother's verbal abuse, and I started going, what, what, what? 
I started going with this, and this changed my whole life when it came to my unity and my relationship with God, okay? And, and we, we need to have that. That's so quite significant in our life. And honestly, what will give us ammunition in our prayer is this. It'll help us grow in our prayer. We need to rememorize Scripture, all right? Sir Charles Spurgeon says a few things that I'm going to end shortly. It says, all our perils, Charles Spurgeon, one of the most prolific pastors in England, I believe in the 18th century, said, all our perils are nothing. Say nothing. Can you, can you imagine that? Everything that we're going through is nothing. Watch this. So long as we have prayer. So long as we have prayer. Isn't that amazing? Watch this. A, prayer, a prayerful person is a powerful person, but a prayerless person is a very powerless person. All right? So we need to amp ourselves up in prayer. And let me tell you, watch this. Not only do we need to pray individually, but we need to pray collaboratively, collaboratively as a church because a prayerless church is a powerless church. Oh, come on, somebody. And we need to be a powerful church in the name of Jesus because there's so many hurting and broken people out there, okay? You know what I'm saying? And they won't come to faith. It won't come to faith. There, this, this, it, won't, it won't change anything if we don't pray in Jesus' name. Do you know what I'm saying, all right? So I want to close on, on this thing. All right, I don't even have time to do that. All right, keep coming. It's going to be awesome, all right? In fact, by the way, I'm going to be preaching. I'm, actually, I'm very excited for it. Um, I prepared this message way back. Ephesians chapter 6 is one of the most amazing scriptures about prayer and the armor of God. And that is so important as a believer to, to put on our armor of God. Because it's a deadly world sometimes. And there is an enemy of our soul. I'm going to be teaching about that. I would love for you to come be a part of that, taking notes. And we're actually going to have resources for you, by the way. I believe my wife and the team is making some cards, some prayer cards for you with verses so you can memorize and take them home with you, put them on your fridge, take it to work with you so you can remember these things as you're, as you're living out your faith. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.